Gentlemen, to the Blue Bomber Talk podcast, home of the 2019 Grey Cup champions. Timmy, how you doing today? I I, I don't even know, John. I I don't even know. <laughs> I, I I mean I mean I mean, say it again. Say it again, John. Winnipeg Blue Bombers, 2019 Grey Cup champions. Ooh. Ooh. I I am doing real good. It 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 doesn't even feel like real life right now. Um uh on last week's podcast I said if the bombers do win the Grey Cup over the Hamilton Tiger Cats, you might just hear a forty minute episode of me sobbing into the microphone. And uh I I think I've regain composure enough that I'll be able to actually speak words in this podcast. But, uh, oh boy. Wow. The Winnipeg Blue Bombers are 2019 Grey Cup champions. We've been doing this podcast for five full seasons now. Uh, uh, obviously, we've been fans for a lot longer when, we're, when you're talking about a 29-year Grey Cup drought. But I am so excited to sit down to record the, 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 the post-Grey Cup victory podcast. This is what it's all about. This is special. And uh, I know, because I've been seeing it all week on social media and in person in Winnipeg, that Bomber fans are not taking this for granted. The first Grey Cup victory in 29 years. Um, the first one of my lifetime. The first one in your memory, Timmy. Um, I, I We're, we're going to get to questions, by the way. We solicited our listeners for some questions. We picked six that we'll be uh, doing towards the end of the show. Um, I don't think it makes much sense to break the game down because uh, I think by this point it's been picked apart pretty good. I mean, at the end of the day, it was one of the most impressive performances, I think, in Grey Cup history from a defense led, of course, by Willie Jefferson, Jackson Jeffcoat, Adam Bighill. Um, just an unbelievably gutty performance from them uh the way in which they limited hamilton's attack and then the bomber offense was was solid andrew harris having kind of his first really great game of the of the the, the postseason at the perfect time um winning of course mop and uh moc of that game um for the first time ever that the great cup has had a uh the same person win both the mvp and the mvc uh which is pretty incredible um, it's not something that I ever really, I don't think, imagined happening um, this year or any other year. And uh, as far as my life is concerned, the Palmers don't win the Grey Cup. And uh, it wasn't until maybe the clock hit 90 seconds and the score was 33 to 12, which would, of course, be the final that I had kind of considered for the first time that the Palmers could actually win the game and win a championship, um, which was hard to wrap my mind around. It's been a very weird few days. 
Um, but at the same time, as you said, Simi, just in the province of Manitoba, it's been an incredible few days um, just soaking in a truly outstanding accomplishment by, uh, you know, by, by, the, by the team. Um, pretty spectacular stuff. I, uh, I, I also kind of couldn't believe my eyes. I, I have wondered my entire life that I can remember what I would do when the Bombers win a great cup and end the drought, how I would feel, where I would be, who I would be with. Uh, I mean, uh, the, the Bombers last won a championship when I was three years old. Um, um, I have no memory of that, of course. Um, and uh, yeah, it, it, it was weird. I, I don't know what else to say. Uh, with with seconds left on the clock after that late interception, um, um, the Caleros came out on the field with the bomber offense. I was standing to watch the game. I, I I couldn't really sit throughout most of the game. I was too anxious and nervous and excited. Uh, I fell to my knees and and I just sat there and I watched it, knowing the bombers were 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 seconds, ten seconds away at that point from ending the drought and winning a great cup, I, I was overwhelmed. I, I, I didn't shed a tear at that point. Anyway, I, I held my, my hair in my hands and just, just sat there or just, just, just knelt there watching things go. And, and, and I've, I've had this image in my head. One of my favorite, probably my favorite part of every great cup, championship game of course being a bomber fan my experience with the gray cup with the exception of three previous gray cups to this year um, um, in my memory uh, has been watching two teams that are not the bombers play for a championship it's it's always been a game that is neutral to me um, that i can sit back and enjoy watching but what i love my favorite part really of any championship game but especially the gray cup is once the game is over, the players all have their championship t-shirts and hats on, is watching them go up on the stage, get the gray cup, hoist it, and then see that confetti come down, that team-colored confetti come down. And every single year of my life, uh, I, I, have, I have wanted that confetti to be blue and gold. I've wanted to see a bomber player uh, uh, holding that gray cup. I, like every Bomber fan since 1990, has seen every other CFL team do it, even the freaking Ottawa Red Blacks, who only have been around since 2014. We even got to see that. <laughs> um, and, uh, and yeah, I, I, I was just kneeling there on my knees by the TV waiting for that. And, and to see Jake Thomas get the cup, hoist it, hand it off to Andrew Harris, hand it off to Andrew Big Hill, and to see that confetti, I, I it was it was overwhelming. It it was bizarre. It 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 it's not something that's supposed to happen. The Bombers don't win the Grey Cup. They don't do that. Um it 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 was amazing. I've I've slowly been 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 coming to grips with the fact that the blue bombers are gray cup champions um uh but boy it it was a special moment it 
it was overwhelming and and bizarre and amazing and wonderful and it is a memory that i will have for the rest of my life people uh who have been listening to this podcast all year will remember that uh because I gave up my season tickets for the 2019 season and went to the press box, I said, you know, I'm, I'm officially turning in my fan card. Um, I'm going to watch as an impartial observer. And, and the, tr- the reality was, for the last few years, I haven't felt like a fan. I haven't really worn bomber gear. I haven't, you know, been, been pulling one way or another in games. I haven't been yelling at the, t- the, you know, the television when uh, the bombers are on the road. Uh, kind of thing and and that was that was first so and also I joked in our first episode this year that just wait I was born in January of 91 and I've turned in my fan card now for 2019 so you're welcome the drought's coming to an end and of course when I made the joke I didn't think that this team would win the great cup I picked them to make it this year I didn't pick them to win um but but if, if anybody wants to uh to, to give me a little bit of credit, even like a 0.1% credit for the Great Cup win this year, I'd take it. Um, but uh, I must admit, when I, I was just working the game, like I've worked all the games this year, getting my piece ready, and I had like my piece, I wanted it out as quickly as possible after the final gun, and it was almost 2,000 words. So I was working, and I finally went about the three-minute mark hit, and it was clear that the Bombers were going to win. I started formulating kind of my tweet about the drought ending and I kind of got it the way I liked it. And I said, okay, when, you know, it's a sure thing, I'm going to fire it out. Cause I, the last, you know, declaring victory or defeat one way or the other. And then all of a sudden, you know, the CFL goes full CFL on you and, and the game goes the other way. Um, and it was about when that 90 seconds hit that I, I sent the tweet and literally as I sent the tweet it it kind of hit me as being real and i sat there for about 30 seconds and without any prior warning or any prior um indication i i started to sob and it it lasted again for about 30 seconds and then it went away just as soon as it came and i went back to just calmly writing and uh getting my uh getting my piece out as quickly as possible while you know managing twitter and all the things that that i do during games for for three down nation and uh and i i i haven't been someone who's like like don't get me wrong i'm happy for for my family and friends who cheer for the bombers i'm, I'm tremendously happy for our listeners who root for the team as for myself i i'm i'm not over the moon that the bombers won but that 30 seconds i think was you know, my inner 10 year old uh, celebrating, you know, the the 18 years that have gone by since Kahari Jones, you know, uh, uh, lost that game to the Calgary Stampeders that he thought he would win her. But, you know, my 16 year old self who who thought that, uh, you know, Ryan Dinwiddie was going to win his first career start and beat the hated Rough Riders or my 20 year old self who thought the Bombers might be able to go into Vancouver and uh, unseat the uh the BC Lions, and uh, other than that, it hasn't affected me on an emotional level tremendously. But that first moment that I I realized it was happening, and it was it was a sure thing. It hit me like a brick wall. And uh, again, as and this this probably sounds silly to our listeners who have been 
cheering for the Bombers and following the CFL for, you know, 50 years because they've seen the Bombers win several Grey Cups. They won three in a seven-year period prior to the drought starting. But for people like you and me who have never seen it, it's a tremendously surreal feeling, and I'm I'm having a hard time putting into words what it's like. It's just, it seems like it's not allowed to happen or it's not supposed to happen. And when it happens, you just, you, you don't know what to make of it. It's, uh, it's a shocking feeling, um, but again, it's, it is a good feeling knowing that uh, this team is not only capable of winning a great cup, but, but did so and ended their drought for, I think, what's a tremendously well-deserving group of fans. Yeah, it, it, it is hard to come to grips with it when, you, when you've had a lifetime of, of the team falling short. I'm 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 glad you had a little bit of time. I'm glad you you, you took thirty seconds, or at least your your body allowed you to take thirty seconds to uh, to let it out. We, uh, uh, my wife and and children, we drove home after the game, and once we got home, and got the kids in bed. I was catching up on Twitter. We have a long drive home from the city. We live outside the city, and uh, I was sitting on the couch, and I came across the picture of Andrew Harris holding the gray cup above his head blue and gold confetti coming down and i i think i sat there for 10 minutes just looking at that picture and weeping and it was it was amazing i i shed tears a few more times before going to bed that night just reading tweets seeing more photos seeing post-game interviews seeing seeing the players in the locker room with the champagne and the goggles um, um, and then the next day we, uh, uh, we were able to drive in and go to the airport listens to Bob Irving's post game show, uh, um, on the way in and, uh, uh, it was a great post game show, uh, but going into commercial, every commercial Bob Irving would say, you know, uh, he, he always mentions the score or whatever, but he would say the great cup champion Winnipeg Blue Bombers. And I lost it every time. I was driving on the highway. I had kids in the car. Bob made me lose it every time. So come on, Bob. But, uh, boy, <laughs> this, this, has been, this has been something else. Uh, I'm sure, um, you know, we're not alone in this. And I think one of the reasons that, that – you know, we're okay spending a good chunk of time on this podcast talking about ourselves and, and, and maybe hogging things and make it a little making it a little more personal than normal is that I I don't think for a second our reactions or our feelings, our emotions, our stories are really in almost any way unique. Um, I'm sure that there are well, there literally are a generation of bomber fans out there, uh who will be feeling similar things and experiencing similar things and, and have essentially the same story. And, um, you know, it's just, it's remarkable. I, I have grown up, John, you have grown up and an entire generation has grown up with that 29 year great cup drought as a part of them. I've always felt that that is a part of me. That is a part of my fandom of the Winnipeg blue bombers, but it's also a part of me. It's personal. I own it. I don't like it. I've never liked it, but it's always been there my entire life. As far back as I can remember, the Bombers have not won a great cup. Everybody else has. The Bombers haven't, and it's been a part of me forever. And and when we saw Zach Caleros' knee touch the ground that second time, 
when the clock expired, that that piece was gone. And it's yeah. it's amazing and wonderful. But yeah, it's it's been a little bit hard to 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 reconcile. It's been it's been different and unusual, and it's it, in in a, in a, in a good way, in a very good way. It feels like a little piece of me is gone. And, uh, and it's, everything's a little different. Everything looks a little brighter. I've been in a great mood for days. Um, um, I have had so many people reach out on social media and, and so many old friends and family text me during the game. And immediately after it was, it was just crazy. Um, um, it was amazing being at the parade on Tuesday. Large take release that energy um release let go of that that frustration that drought that 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 despair and failure and loss and sadness and and to come together with literally ten thousand other like-minded people uh, uh and and the team and the management and the great cup itself to, to get together and 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 cheer and yell and scream and clap and make noise and chant and 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 all be there together just having the best time i think this this has been for me personally so wonderful and freeing and exciting um and i think it's it's like that for the whole city um, um for the whole province uh uh for for bomber fans literally around the globe uh um there there were people calling into that post game show with bob from from all over the all over the planet, literally, um, it 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 is it is truly remarkable, and and it is absolutely fantastic. As someone who has never gotten to really experience a championship like this in this personal of a way, it's amazing to see everybody, players, fans, coaches, uh, come together and 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 just have this this unadulterated joy it, it is truly remarkable i think it's uh one of the best parts about and don't get me wrong there's a lot of really crappy parts to social media but i think one of the best parts to social media is people being able to share right at times like this people who you've never met and you can you can see and interact with them on a personal level and there are some just amazing things that have come out over the last while there's a twitter account at 1969 superbird uh his name is ron corshane i hope i said that right uh he posted an amazing video uh today wednesday we're recording this um where he the day before the game snuck a 1990 boob gray cup um uh, uh pin into the uh uh field goal uh pad that goes around the upright um, Tim Horton sponsored one and then uh, after the game he had Thomas Miles girlfriend go and retrieve it which is just amazing he saw it as his tribute to the football gods paying them off for success on Sunday and obviously it worked um, there was Chris Matthew the uh, the bomber fan who was able to put on pants for the first time in 18 years um, Chris O'Leary has a story up on cfl.ca uh, where a fan uh, long after the game went out and and poured out somebody's ashes at midfield uh, I guess fulfilling someone's dying wish hey the next time the Bombers win the Great Cup you know pour some of my ashes at midfield like 
just unbelievable stories. And you mentioned to me, we're part of a generation that's new to this. And to me, the two kind of defining moments of my childhood sports wise were uh, the first one was the Jets moving away. And I've always been much more of a football fan than a hockey fan. But the Jets moving away was a huge defining moment of my childhood, as I think it was many people uh, uh, of our age and similar age range. And then it was the fact that the Bombers always lost in the Great Cup game. Um, they were bad a lot of the time, but when they were good and made it to the Great Cup game, they lost. And it just makes me tremendously happy that the next generation of, of Winnipeg sports fans and seeing you know kids at, at, in the photos and videos uh, of the parade or, or, or you know knowing that your kids were there, obviously they're, they're still young, but just knowing that they've had that experience and that opportunity to to, to have an NHL hockey team in their city and, and see the Jets come back and attend games and, and to be able to see a Grey Cup championship and see a parade go down Portage in Maine and, and, and in the Forks and, and see the players just having the time of their lives. I was unable to attend the parade. I wasn't at the airport either. Um, I've, I've just been home since the game uh, outside of the city. But uh, the reality is, you know, it, it, it brings a big smile to my face knowing that that generation that we're part of, you know, we, it, it might have sucked <laughs> as a sports fan in the city for a long time, but uh, the old wounds are healing, and there are old wounds that obviously a new generation of sports fans won't have. They'll just be able to start fresh and start new traditions, and who knows, this, this might be the only great cup the Bombers win for a long period of time. They might win the next five. We don't know. But whatever it is, I'm excited to see what the next chapter of Winnipeg sports is because this is really, you know, between the Jets coming back in 2011 and the Bombers winning a Grey Cup in 2019, this is a full turn of the chapter. And we don't know what, what the next part of this, this journey is going to be for, for, for professional sports in Winnipeg. I, and also I feel bad leaving the Gold Eyes out of that completely. But, um, you know, the, the bottom line is this is the end of an era. Um, and uh, I'm excited to see what's next because, as you said, the, the defining factor for the Bombers was that they never won the Grey Cup, and that's that's no longer the case. They are Grey Cup champions. They will be that for another 12 months until they're unseated, if they're unseated, um, and uh, that's truly, a, at least for people of our age, a brand-new thing, brand-new concept, and I'm excited to see how it plays out. Yeah, that's uh, that's well said. It, it it is remarkable. It is the end of a of a you know dark chapter, quite frankly, for for sports in Winnipeg since since the Jets left since since nineteen ninety. Uh, you know the Bombers lose five consecutive Grey Cups. Uh, um, Jets are gone, um, and then yeah, this this decade, Jets come back. Bombers win the Grey Cup. The Gold Eyes won back to back championships. That's that's amazing as well. Um, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's the turn of a new leaf. It's the start of a new chapter. And, uh, you know, I, 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 I hope it's not another 29 years before the Bombers win it again. I'll say that. I don't, I don't think it was necessarily worth waiting 29 years to, uh, to have it happen now in 2019. But, uh, boy, I, I really hope this is what it feels like to win a championship uh, every single time you win a championship, because if that's the case, oh man, it is it is even better than I thought it would be. Something that I think we should 
mention is the fact that the Bombers, I mean, it, there have been people talking, and it's it's tough to gauge what historically this will mean in such a short period of time. But, um, you know, there's, uh, there's a legacy that's going to go on with this Grey Cup that I think is going to be tough to match. This is a team that finished third in the West, and big part of the reason why I made such a huge deal of this team not always, you know, uh, a perfect example, dropping the game out in Toronto, dropping the game out in Montreal, was I figured if this team was going to go to the Grey Cup, they had to finish first because going into McMahon Stadium, going into Mosaic, tough places to play um, any, any day of the week, especially in the playoffs. Uh, when they finished third, I, I essentially wrote them off, figuring they, they wouldn't be able to do it. And the reality is they, they faced three teams who had a combined 40 regular season wins and beat them all, which is tying a CFL record for strength of opponent. Uh, they won all three games on the road. Um, no third-place team had even made it to the Great Cup game since 2005 when the Edmonton Eskimos did it. And they also did that allowing 39 points, which is just unfathomable. Going on the road for three, three playoff games and, and giving up an average of 13 points a game, that just doesn't happen. That, that's, that's, that's lunacy. Um, and then to do that with a quarterback who's been on the team for basically a month, like the 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 factors when you add them all in are just it it almost becomes like it almost reaches a point where if it was in a Disney script, you wouldn't believe it anymore. You'd be like, I can only suspend my my disbelief so far on the road, 40 regular season wins combined for your opponents. 39 points allowed, you know, washed up backup quarterback has been whose career was supposedly done and yet they get it done and they get it done in convincing fashion. They 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 beat the snot out of the Tiger Cats, uh, a team that had that had won 16 of 19 meaningful games all season long. Just an unbelievable accomplishment. And uh, I'm, I'm happy to see the Bombers players and staff enjoying this so much and there's going to be another opportunity to celebrate with them friday they announced the club did that uh, there's going to be a social at the convention center for people who want to come see the great cup see the, the players who are still in town my understanding is a lot of them flew out today on wednesday but there are still going to be some in the city and uh, presumably mike o'shea will be there and and uh man it's just uh it's pretty cool stuff it it is it is yeah it is remarkable I I am still trying to wrap my head around how good the bombers played in the Grey Cup particularly the defense uh, I I mean the 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 line of scrimmage was just horrendously dominated by the bombers on both sides of the ball um, um, and as you mentioned John to hold high powered offenses in Calgary Regina and Hamilton to to an average of 13 points uh, uh a, a game is just just lunacy quite frankly i uh i like yourself did not think the bombers would be able to to go on the road as the third place team and knock off the three teams with the most wins in the regular season but uh of course here we are we're we're, we're talking about it it happened it's uh it, it 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 maybe wasn't the most probable outcome uh given everything but but it's what's happened it's 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 real and like i said i'm still wrapping my head around that it it 
it it happened and and it's real and the bombers are great cup champions i think it's time to get into questions timmy um there's two that all all rattle off quickly and then there's four we can maybe dig our teeth into a little bit the first one is is from our friend uh, robert dalton at rouge daltz a uh, member of the canadian football podcast network he asks, are you recording normal or are you dressing a la Strith? Presumably that means topless with a fur coat, the white hat, the aviators, and and jorts, the jean shorts, which is another thing that Daltz is famous for. I, I will confess, Timmy, I have the same wardrobe on that I do all the podcasts in. I've got a t-shirt on with pajama pants and wool socks. That's, that's my winter look. If I'm at home, that's what I'm wearing. Uh, how about yourself? Are you dressing a la Strev? Uh, I would I would say this. What makes you think I don't always dress a la Strev when we're recording these podcasts? We've been doing this for five <laughs> years. We've never done a video podcast. I could have been wearing a, a white cowboy hat, a fur coat, aviators, and, and, and nice shorty short short jorts the whole time. Um, um, but uh, I, I will admit I, I don't think I – pull it off quite as well as chris streveler plot twist streveler wasn't dressing a la strev streveler was actually dressing a la tim did it first there you go um second question comes you from heard it at here first hads 34 <laughs> at hads 34 who says question for the pod is this real life with an exclamation point and a question mark Yes, Hads, this is real life. I know it's hard to um, reorient yourself to this new world, but yes, this is real life, and uh, it's it seems to be a very good life so far um, in Bomberland. Uh, I'll, I'll say this. Um, it could also be that real life is actually an illusion, and we're all just in an elaborate game performed by some superior beings, and the fact that the Bombers won a great cup proves that and uh, that it is imperfect because the Bombers can't win a great cup. So we'll go with that. How about that, Hads34? Is that, is that good for you? Yes, this is real life. The Bombers won the great cup. It's improbable and amazing, and it happened, and it actually happened. It really, really happened. <laughs> uh, next question comes from Carly CH. Carly, it's a two-parter. Timmy, I want you to take the first part because you were there. I wasn't. And I'll take the second part. The first part is, did you guys make it to the parade? And why don't you fill in the listeners on your parade experience uh, from Tuesday in downtown Winnipeg? Uh, uh, it, it was it was awesome. Uh, I'll actually have a piece uh, in the next day or two on Three Down Nation, just kind of outlining my experience at the parade and 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 my experience through the week. So keep an eye out for that. Um, but, uh, but yeah, to, to, to spoil it a little bit, it was just awesome. I, I've already kind of mentioned it, 10,000 people. It, it was just a sea of blue. I was expecting there to be a lot of bomber fans there. I expected it to be busy. My wife and I parked way far away, um, to try to avoid any kind of traffic congestion. And I, I just couldn't believe it. Um, um, watching those players go by, seeing the fans, just mob mob the streets i mean i was glad i wasn't one of the people driving those trucks because there was basically a truck's width plus about six inches on either side before you had 
screaming fans trying to high five players. It was just bedlam in the best way. Um, um, I just I could not believe the crowd. I, I tried to get some some photos and some video and stuff uh, just with my cell phone just to get the scale, just the amount of people, the sea of blue. It was just remarkable. Um, um, I also bought, uh, I, I had to buy one of those gray champions hats. It is the first piece of merchandise I have ever owned for the Blue Bombers that has the word champions on it. And uh, boy, did it feel good to hand over $50 for a hat. But it was worth it because it says champions on it. That's a lot of money, though, but worth it. Um, but yeah, the parade <laughs> was awesome. To, to see the energy coming from the players, um, from the fans, everybody together, the speeches, the just just the the passion and the just the the, the release uh, of of everything from the last twenty nine years, it was palpable. There, it was it was it was really awesome. It is something that I will also remember uh, 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 for the rest of my life. Second part of Carly's question was, and can you recall a game where all the team had so many contributions to a win? Uh, I'll say this. I, I think certainly everybody made their contributions in the passing game. Uh, Zach Claros and Chris Trevler combined for just over 200 yards passing. Only six incompletions on the day, and that's including the one pass that Darvin Adams attempted. Um, they did a great job protecting the football. Chris Streveler was the one who dialed up the touchdown pass to Andrew Harris, who was obviously hugely impactful in the in the receiving core. I mean, the the Bombers had eight different players catch a pass, which is pretty outstanding. Uh, Andrew Harris had the most of five. Kenny Lawler had the most yardage with 52. Um, they all got into it. I, I just think the biggest thing is the way the Bombers control the line of scrimmage. The offensive line from left to right, Stanley Bryant, Drew Desjardins, Cody Speller, um, uh, Patrick uh, uh, Neufeld and Jermarcus Hardrick. Just unbelievable performance from them. And Cody Speller at center, you know, hadn't started until this year. Went undrafted in 2017. That's the same year, by the way, the Bombers drafted Faith Akakati first overall. Well, they ended up getting Cody Speller out of McMaster undrafted. Um, and he's starting in the Grey Cup as an undrafted Canadian. And you've got Drew Desjardins, who went to a, you know, a small U, uh, OUA program rookie this year, albeit a first-round pick. He's going to be an absolute stud. But he's starting a Grey Cup game as a rookie. And you got Patrick Neufeld. The, the, the Saskatchewan Rough Riders got rid of him, didn't want him anymore. His own hometown team in 2013. Um, and he's starting in the Grey Cup like like... The, the way in which those guys came together. Justin Medlock had a great game kicking the football, 6 of 7. Um, he, he also had a great game punting the football, I thought. Um, you know, it uh, it was a great game uh, from from everybody, I thought. You know, it was the, the secondary was swarming. Um, three forced fumbles, uh, six sacks from the defense. You got the two interceptions, one from Mike Jones, one from Brandon Alexander. Um, yeah, I... Have I seen games like that before? Yes. Did I imagine that it would happen in a Grey Cup game against a 16-3 and team? No, I did not, Carly. It was, uh, it was a pretty outstanding performance. Um, next question that we'll go to. Um, this is from... And this is, 
This is literally my favorite Twitter handle that I've ever seen, and I won't be able to say it without giggling. At Screamin' Potato. <laughs> Screamin' Potato asks, I know, isn't that the best ever? I wish that I'd picked that one instead of my own. It's awesome. Did it's you awesome. choose the Bombers to win any of their playoff games? Timmy, I only picked the Bombers once. That was in the West Final. I predicted the Bombers would beat the Riders, but I picked against them at McMahon in the West Semifinal, and I, I picked against them in the Great Cup game, picking Hamilton. How about yourself? Did you did you predict the Bombers would win any of the three games? If so, which ones? Uh, I I had the same picks as you. I I picked the Bombers for a close win in Regina, which which they did get. Um, I I gave them about a thirty five percent chance of winning at McMahon in the semifinal, and uh, I, I on the pod I gave them about a forty percent chance of uh, of winning the Grey Cup. As the week went on, I don't really know why I, I started feeling a little better. I I, I felt like it was going to be a toss up. I really don't have any reason for that. I I mean logic states that the 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 tie cats should have been able to handle the bombers pretty well in this game but uh obviously the bombers just roasted the tie cats uh in the 107th great cup so uh yeah i i i only had the bombers once in the in the postseason i also do as a fan i i if i'm on the fence i kind of like picking against the bombers because if the bombers end up winning a game and this is in the regular season too not just playoffs but if the Bombers end up winning a game that I think is a toss-up and I picked against them, I don't care that I got the pick wrong because the Bombers won. And uh, if the Bombers do end up losing, then, hey, at least I had the pick right. So if it's a toss-up, that's usually what I do. And, uh, and yeah, so I, I, I had him winning one of three. I'm very, very glad I was wrong. Next question that we'll go to, uh, and this one we've addressed already to an extent, but I'll open it up to him if you want to add anything, is from Bombers9256. He asks, when do you know we'd win? I couldn't relax the whole game. What was your first thought when we won? Where does this rank in terms of legendary playoff runs? Well, I'll say this. I, I was... I was anxious and nervous watching. I was trying not to get ahead of myself. Obviously, the lead at halftime was was quite comfortable. I, I wasn't expecting that, but uh, I, I didn't want to get ahead of myself. Um, I, 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 you know, if I all of a sudden am convinced the Bombers are going to win and they lose, that's just going to make the loss even harder. But uh, with six and a half minutes left, when Rashid Bailey caught that touchdown pass, which ended up getting overturned, it was close. I think the command center did make the right call. It was disappointing because, man, Rashid Bailey has shown so much passion this year since he got into the lineup. I uh, would have loved for him to have been able to get a touchdown catch uh, in the championship game. Uh, of course, it didn't end up mattering. But uh, when he caught that touchdown pass, that would have put the Bombers up, well, I don't even remember, by 20-some points um, with six and a half minutes left. When he caught that ball... And the ref's arms went up in the air. I was standing next to my wife. Uh, um, and I said, we're going to win the Grey Cup. And, and, and she was getting emotional. And I said it a number of times in a row. We're going to win the Grey Cup. And uh, then, of course, the touchdown gets called back. I immediately regretted saying that and assumed that I had done something to, to jinx the game, uh, uh, which is ridiculous. But, you know, it's what you think when you're a fan. 
and uh, and uh, yeah, we, the Bombers ended up kicking the field goal, and 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 things were all right. But that was really the first point um, um, that I verbalized that the Bombers were going to win the game. And then even still, I was, as I mentioned, <laughs> on my knees watching the game, and I was refusing to react in any way until I saw that clock hit zeros. And uh, that's when I started pulling my hair out. Yeah, I, I kind of already talked about it. I, I I think the moment that I was willing to kind of declare it was when the Bombers took over possession with about 90 seconds left. Um, had it been a regular season game, I think I would have called it earlier, but you, you don't want to call a Grey Cup game early and re- ha- you know have to regret doing so. Um, where does this rank in terms of legendary playoff runs? It's the best playoff run I've seen as a CFL fan for my whole life. I can't recall a playoff run like this. There have been impressive playoff runs. One that comes to mind is the Riders going on the road in 2013 and beating Calgary in the West Final to then come home and mop the floor with the Ticats in the Grey Cup. But the reality is, you know, the Riders were favored to win that game in in the Grey Cup. It wasn't like they were underdogs uh, like the Bombers were. Only four points, which wasn't a lot, but... The way that people were talking all week nationally and on TSN and such, it's pretty clear a lot of people expected the Bombers to lose that game and lose it quite handily. Um, and the fact that they went out and, and won it by 21 points, like a three-touchdown victory, is remarkable. Um, I'm sure if I went back and really poured over the years in extreme detail, I could find another, you know, maybe one or two that compared somewhat, but in my lifetime given the fact that the Bombers, again, were a three-seed playing a quarterback who'd been on the team for such a short period of time, um, overcoming so many... Richie Hall, you know, his defense being incredible despite losing his brother, you know, tragically and suddenly in the middle of the year. Like, there was just so many reasons for this team to not succeed. And the fact that they not only did so in the postseason, but did so in such trying circumstances and by such a wide margin, I think really separates this it's 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 got to be at, at least in the t- in the last th- 25 years it's got to be one of the best two or three and i would strongly suspect the number one playoff run um of of that time frame let's get into the last question timmy and this is one looking ahead we're also going to talk a little bit about bomber free agents before we sign off today uh, i've got the whole list up at three down nation.com but uh jay becole I hope I said that right, um, asks, what's the future for the Bombers at the quarterback position? And I'm curious on your thoughts, Tim. You know, you've got Zach Caleros, who just won you four straight games, including a Grey Cup as the starter, but he has had the injury concerns, and if you re-sign him, you owe Toronto your first over or your first round pick in this year's CFL draft. Um, If you go with Matt Nichols, he's had injuries himself, and if you go with Chris Trevler, well... You know, the guy hasn't really proven that he can be a starter at this level, um, despite how well he can run and drink beer. Um, So what are your thoughts uh, on the future of the Bombers quarterback position? Uh, Well, I think, uh, I mean, I'd love to have Chris Strebler back, um, but not as a starter. I think the the, the beauty of Chris Strebler is his physicality. and, And as we saw down the stretch, when he was starting games, I mean, I don't think Chris Strebler as a full-time starter is really going to be able to give you more than 10 or 12 games 
a season at the most before his body starts to break down. We, we, we saw it happen at the end of the season. Uh, um, luckily, he was able to play in the playoffs and be effective. He was, he was the biggest reason the Bombers won the semifinal in Calgary, quite frankly. Uh, it, uh, so he was huge. I'd love to have him back. He, he, he gives such uh, uh, depth to, to what the Bombers can do when he's on the field, especially with a guy like Andrew Harris in the backfield. Um, if I was going to have to call it now, obviously things happen in the off season with, with one-year contracts and NFL windows in the CFL now. Uh, free agency really does change the makeup of a lot of teams in a, in a big way. Uh, we have three coaching vacancies at this point in the CFL, and each of those coaches is likely going to want to bring in some of their own guys as well. So things are going to be changing in the CFL every offseason now. Uh, um, that being said, uh, my my expectation, my, my guess now would be that Matt Nichols and Chris Strebler will be the quarterbacks for the Blue Bombers next year. Um, um, we know how loyal Mike O'Shea is. We know how important it is to him that his team um, is is character guys that fit in the room. Matt Nichols is beloved in that locker room. I think he did a, a, a big job. I mean, obviously, they ran off this team off to a 7-2 start uh, before he got injured and, and, and was lost for the season. Um, Zach Caleros is uh, a very intelligent quarterback. You'd have to be. To, to learn your third offense in one season and then step in after uh, a, literally a couple days of, of practicing as the starting quarterback and rattle off four straight wins, three of them being playoff wins, culminating in, in, in your first ever professional championship. Um, but I don't know that Zach Caleros would be quite as effective if he didn't have a guy like Matt Nichols helping him out and effectively being a, a second quarterback's coach to go along with Buck Pierce. Um, I also don't think the Bombers are going to want to lose that first-round draft pick they would have to give to the Argos if they were to re-sign Calero. So my, my, my guess, at least at this point, a couple days removed from the championship, is that we will see Matt Nichols and Chris Strebler back in, uh, in blue and gold next year. Yeah, I would make the same prediction personally. I think, you know, uh, Chris Strebler is an unbelievable weapon, uh, a, fan a fantastic tool, um, but not a starter in the CFL. And uh, until he can prove that, which he hasn't yet, you've got to bring back one of the veterans. And I think because of, you know, the draft pick situation and because of um, just the durability, I think maybe being there a little bit more for Nichols as opposed to Caleros, I think you go with Matt. The other issue is Matt, of course, lives in the city and uh, his family is is well acquainted with Winnipeg, whereas Zach Caleros, his family is all out east. He's got a pregnant wife um, in uh, in southern Ontario. Um, just logistically, you know, you might have to, you know, work a little bit harder, pay a little bit more to get him to stay, um, whereas Matt Nichols, you know, I, I, I kind of see them evenly as far as abilities are concerned. I don't think Zach Caleros did anything in the postseason that Matt Nichols is incapable of doing. Some of our listeners might disagree with that, but I, I see them essentially even in terms of ability and even in terms of, you know, uh, injury history. So I uh, I think I think what we'll see is Bat Nichols and 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 Chris Strebler back. I agree with you, Timmy, but you also never know. Uh, Zach Caleros, uh, I think, loves playing in Paul Apolice's system. Um, 
but that might also change if Paul Apolise uh, leaves for a head coaching job. So, so we'll see on that. Um, finally, Timmy, let's. Uh, those are our questions, and thank you. By the way, we didn't get to every question. Apologies to those who who submitted didn't get it answered. Uh, we'll hope to get to you next time. But before we sign off for the winter, let's talk about the Bombers' free agent list. We've already addressed the biggest issue, which is, of course, that the Bombers' three experienced quarterbacks are all pending free agents. But there are some big names on the list, Timmy. To me, the biggest one is Willie Jefferson, who, of course, took over that Grey Cup game. Uh, but there are also some other big ones. Which ones jump off to you as players that you believe the Bombers need to re-sign in order to be successful in 2020? Uh, well, uh, there's there's a handful, you know. Like I said, with one year contracts in the CFL, this is just this is just going to become the norm. This is the norm now. Every team is going to have key free agents to re-sign, and actually, quite frankly, the, the the list does include a lot of big name starters. But I think the Bombers are actually positioned a little bit better than a lot of other teams with regards to their free agents this year. Um, um, two big ones. The tackles, Stanley Bryant, Jamarcus Hardrick, uh, um, those guys are pillars on the offensive line. We saw what a what an offensive line that is dominant can do in the Grey Cup and really throughout the playoffs. Uh, um, those two guys are, are are big names to bring back. Obviously, you mentioned Willie Jefferson. Uh, Drake Nevis has been fantastic this year. Um, I, I wasn't a huge fan of his over the previous two years, but he was great. Um, um, Craig Rowe was great in, in, in rotation in the interior of the defensive line this year. Um, uh, and then you're going in the backfield. Um, Winston Rose, Marcus Sales, um, both both just, just very, very talented guys that, that had big games for the Bombers. Obviously, Winston Rose led the league in interceptions this year and, and was just a shutdown, shutdown player uh, in the backfield. So um, those are the names that jump out to me. I... I I'm a big Drew Wolitarski fan, so I'd maybe even throw him out there too. He's an experienced Canadian receiver. I'd love to see him uh, play in the field more, uh, maybe line up at slot. He's got the body for it instead of throwing him out uh, uh, right at the the, uh, uh, the side of the field. So, I'll, you know what, I'll throw him on my list too. I, I love me some Drew Wolitarski. I like that because Wolitarski, his numbers were down this year, but the Bombers threw to him in the Great Cup four times. He made three catches for 19 or for three catches for 40 yards. So clearly he was a part of their game plan uh, in the championship game. A couple names all throughout as well. Mercy Maston, I think, was a great uh, addition at Sam Linebacker once Anthony Gator uh, decided to uh, to leave the team. Um, I thought Nick Taylor was a nice shrewd mid midseason addition as well at field side halfback would be nice to see those two back um, though again doing that with Winston Rose and Marcus Sales as pending free agents is a bit tricky uh, another name two names I'll throw out there and I'll highlight some Canadians uh, because uh, those are the unsung heroes of this team Jake Thomas uh, eight-year blue bomber who started late in the year he's criminally underrated nobody pays attention to him but man he makes plays when he's in there big part of that defensive line and then Derek Jones uh, didn't start this year. Jeff Hecht beat him out for that starting job uh, to start the season. But he's an underrated special teamer who can play some corner if you need, play some safety. Just one of those glue guys who uh, I think, you know, 
uh, every team needs. Um, Michael Couture will be an interesting one, the center who got hurt, uh, didn't play in the playoffs, but he's originally from BC. The Bomber or the uh, the BC Lions desperately need help uh, at the center position. Will be interesting to see if he wants to go home. And then Patrick Newfelt, uh, you know, missed almost the whole year due to injury, but once he came back was spectacular so it'll be interesting to see if he's back and at what price point I think the Bombers obviously want him considering how well he played but uh, he's also the Bombers uh, oldest Canadian O-lineman he's a 10-year pro um, you know it's uh, the, the durability I think becomes a bit of an issue but uh, there's there's certainly no question about how he plays on that note folks we are going to be signing off for the winter we're going to hope to be back uh, for a free agency podcast in February. Um, that said, that depends on how much three-down podcast I'm doing at that time. Um, but we do plan, of course, to be back for a sixth season of the Blue Bomber Talk podcast. Before we sign off, Timmy, what are your final thoughts for a Grey Cup championship 2019 season? Uh, there's, there's one, one, one thing I kind of wanted to add to that I think is cool. Uh, the, uh, chair of the Blue Bombers board, Dana Spiring, will be getting her name on the Grey Cup this year. She will be the first female to have her name on the Grey Cup. It's a shame it took until 2019 for that to happen, but I think it's fantastic that it is happening. Uh, um, the, uh, the Grey Cup, uh, as of the Blue Bomber victory in 2019, is actually full the uh the all of the nameplates will now be full some will be removed some of the base will be redesigned for next season the plates will be retired to the canadian football hall of fame um so i think it's fitting that if it if it had to take till 2019 for a for a woman to get her name on the great cup uh at least it happened before the thing filled up and uh you know currently all the names are on there so 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 that's nice and uh, you know what, Bomber fans? Uh, the Winnipeg Blue Bombers are great cup champs. They will be the champs for the next 12 months. And uh, I think we're projected to get a colder-than-average winter with a decent amount of snow. But uh, for me and for most Bomber fans, I think, it'll be one of the warmest winters I have ever had in my entire life. <laughs> I will uh, just say a huge thank you to all of our listeners supporting the show. Uh, our downloads and listens were the highest this year that than we've ever had. Um, a ton of support from listeners, and uh, I'm really, really happy for each and every one of them um, that the season ended the way it did. You know, it's so lovely to see all the positivity um, from people uh, on social media and elsewhere. Just uh, absolutely loving it, and. Uh, we're happy to bring you the show every week. Uh, we're going to continue to try to do that in the new year. Um, life gets in the way sometimes. This year we were pretty darn good being weekly. Um, if we can't do that anymore, we could maybe go bi-weekly. But who knows? Uh, we'll see what 2020 has to has in store. But until then, the Winnipeg Blue Bombers are Grey Cup champions. And that is how we will sign off for the 2019 season of the Blue Bomber Talk podcast. Thank you as always for listening, folks. Take take care, everybody. I've done my sentence, but committed no crime and bad mistakes. <laughs>